Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive. Deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going. Going. The big leagues. Going. Going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye. He has done it. He has changed the game of the night with one swing of his bat. Now. Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang! Zoom! Go the fireworks! The fan. Oh, I'm so confused about what's happening right now. Why is the mic off and on and off and on? God, this is my nightmare. The second time this has happened to me. Today? Yes. Why? Oh, God. (laughs) Don't be confused. I've said that five times now. Uh, It is later than normal. That's because the Pac-12 Media Day interviews went a little bit longer, which actually does tend to happen. But uh, Patrick is out today, so it is I and Joe with you until 9 o'clock doing hot baseball talk and this will just be a very brief opening segment to get you set up for the show and explain what's been going on around here today so if you missed primetime you've got pac-12 media day day today and there were interviews in basically every single segment except for the first one so if you want to hear from any coach except for kevin sumlin because that's taped for tomorrow and all the ducks and beavers players that were there you can find it on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com. They're all already up with separate news stories and stuff with them. We'll actually help put them up on the website. So, And all the hours will also individually, if you'd like to listen in large bulk hours instead, will also be up. The first three are up. The club will be up shortly, or hour four, I should say. And uh, I've been here since 7.30 this morning, and uh, I'm very tired. And I have a feeling this show is going to go haywire a little bit. Because it is just I and Joe today. So, Joe, I'm going to need a little life raft. Well, it's already off to a rousing start with uh, your microphone being potted down. And I said this is the second time it's happened today. Yeah. Because for some reason, Buck, once Dusty and Cam is done, he turns the microphones down on them. There's no one else in the studio after the show. They don't need to be turned down. So once Dirt and Sprague started, whose microphone was down when we started? Brandon Sprague's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they gave me a bunch of crap for it's it. Joe, what do you do? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God. And Except then you hear nothing. I yeah. ask. I'm like, why is it even down? And now I'm asking you, Mike. No one was in the studio the whole show. 
obviously I, Isaac and Suk were gone. Why did you turn the microphones down? I, I you're don't. Set, it's setting me up for failure. I don't know. That is, <laughs> I feel like you're trying to pass you. the buck over here for not looking at the microphones. But I am a little bit okay. Give me something. But I, uh, it is a habit that because my show is almost always the last show in prime time, is that when there's nobody in studio, I turn the mics off. Like the pots, they're called pots. If you if you're unaware about radio lingo, pulling back the curtain here. Yeah, the the little sliders, the faders are called pots. So once the show is over, I put those down and I turn the mics off. And because I sat down and looked in there and there was no one in there, I was like, why do these need to be on? So I turned them off. I well, mean, it's you, it's more <laughs> of like an OCD thing than anything. I feel like because it's not it's not something that is necessary. As long as the mic is off, it's fine. But I just turned them down. It looks better. I would say a first inning combined error on our part. And I do uh, like how you said that I'm trying to pull the complete game. That is a good way to put it. Yes, you are definitely right this now. This will be a 14-hour day for me once the show is over. And I knew I figured I was trying to tell someone today about it. I was like, yeah, Mike, I think I think he got there at 7 a.m. Yeah, this is going to be a 14-hour day for him today. And in what may have been the smartest decision or stupidest decision I've made today is that I've been really good about working out lately. And I have been committed to running almost every single day of the week. Hey. <laughs> and I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning knowing I had to leave the house at 7 to go for a run. So I woke up. I snoozed maybe like 15 minutes, woke up, went for a 50-minute run, came home at 6.30-ish, and then uh, showered, had some breakfast, and came into work. So I've been awake since 5 a.m., which to me, I know for a lot of people out there listening, that's probably normal, but my work schedule is not normal. So for me, that was really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife actually went running with me because she wakes up at that time every day because she goes to work like a normal person. And she was looking at me like, why are you so grog? I'm like, I don't wake up at five. This is like if you woke up at three every single morning <laughs> or one random morning, I'm waking up two hours early because I wake up at 7 a.m. So. Well, Mike, I commend you for your effort today. And yeah, like you said, we'll see where this show goes because uh, we got the call late that uh, Patrick is out with, I don't know, the bubble guts or I mean, he was he had some work stuff pop up. He couldn't gotcha. couldn't escape work. But um, well, grab my hand and let's jump into this uh, show together, my friend. Yes, let's do it. And uh, we will get criticized by random mothers on Twitter who think that Tom Brady is a bad dad. I'm a bad dad for pulling you in with me. Um, so on the show today, we will have a little discussion about the craziness and oddities of baseball in the last two days. We have to have to talk about the Yankees twin series because it has been absolutely bananas in these three games. And yesterday's game has been labeled as the game of the year. And the catch at the end of the game was labeled as the catch of the year. And you're like, ah, oh, nothing will ever top that. It's the top of the fifth inning. And the Yankees have a 9-6 lead on the Twins. And every inning, there's runs. Every single inning. So we have to talk about that. You have the Rays-Red Sox game from earlier today where there was the longest delay for no good reason uh, after the Rays tried to do a National League change in the American League. And Alex Cora and Angel Hernandez, of course, Angel Hernandez, got very, very confused. So we'll talk about that. The San Francisco Giants, if you want to swing over here to the West Coast, have all of a sudden turned into an unbeatable force of death. They walk off, it feels like, every single game. They're 17-4 and four in their last 21, and they're back in the playoff hunt. A, why are they good all of a sudden? Because I feel like they're not a good team. And B, if you're the Giants, what is your plan for the trade deadline next week? You were in sell mode, right? Madison Bumgarner was gone. Now you're kind of back in the playoff hunt. Do you trust that this hot streak goes? 
And last, and do you keep Bumgarner? You kind of have to, right? So we'll talk about that. And the Indians are kind of in a similar spot as well. They got hot. They're now in first in the wild card. They were talking about trading people. And now what do they do? So we'll talk about that as well. So all of that coming up on the show. The Better You Today text line is at 55305. And you can find us on social media. I'm at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. Joe is at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H-3 on Twitter. And Patrick, who is out today, is at PDD085 on Instagram. And a little pub for the Beers on Us podcast, because we like to do that on here. Tomorrow releases our one-year podcast celebration, episode 53. So episode one of our second year. We went to Grains of Wrath this weekend, uh, sat back down with Mike Hunsker again up in Camas and had a really, really fun time. So that'll be dropping tomorrow. So make sure you give it a listen. Let's start, though, with the craziness that has been the Yankees twin series and what was the game of the year yesterday, at least up to this point. This is the hot corner with no Patrick Harris today, but Mike and Joe are here with you jumping into that water together. This is 10 to the fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 719 here on your Wednesday evening. Mike and Joe with you. Patrick out this week talking some baseball. And we have to start with this Yankees twin series, which is I don't I'm I'm I don't really know what else to call it. I keep thinking of the B words, bananas, bonkers. Bombastic! It is a home run central, run scoring, awful pitching, no lead of safe series. That and did you say what uh, happened in the commercial break? I don't know if you did. Uh, I'm getting there. Oh. I'm getting there. I have to tell the story, Joe. There's oh, a, okay. There's a story involved with this. Not gotcha. really. I just want to go in order. <laughs> so, game one of the series on Monday. Uh, compared to these two games, fairly uneventful. But it is back and forth. Twins go up 2-zip. Yankees tie it. That same inning, Twins go up 5-2, make it 5-3, then 8-7-3, uh, 7-5. Back and forth we go. Every inning, it feels like there's runs. The Twins win the game 8-6 to in what was a frustrating game for both teams, but the Twins get the win. And the Twins have struggled against the Yankees in general for the last, like, 20 years. So it was a huge win and a very important series between two first-place teams. Good game, high-scoring. You expected high scoring with these two teams. But then yesterday happened, and I don't think anybody expected what would happen yesterday. Twins go up 8-2 to two in the game in the fourth inning. They're up 8-2. If you're watching it at home, you're going, man, this game's over, right? Twins just keep hitting home runs. Domingo Harmon didn't have it today. You know, game over, right? Well, in that the next inning, the Yankees hit, scored three runs to make it 8-5. to five. But they're still down nine to five going into the eighth inning where they score five runs to take the lead at 10 to nine in the bottom of the inning Miguel Sano hits his second home run of the game to retake the lead in the eighth 11 to 10 in the top of the inning of the ninth the Yankees hit a two-run home run with two outs by Aaron Hicks to make it 11 10 Rawls Chapman walks the bases loaded the twins only get one run tie the game go to extra innings and into extras we go. Yankees scored two in the 10th. Twins once again had the bases loaded in the bottom of the 10th. Did not score a run in that inning thanks to what is being deemed the catch of the year by Aaron Hicks where he went full Superman leap to save a bases loaded double that would have won the game for the Twins. 
And it was it was everything I think baseball fans wanted or would want because of the runs scored. But at a certain point, I felt like there was absolutely no control in the game and every pitch was just getting clobbered. And it went from a point of being really enjoyable to just maybe because I'm a fan of one of the teams feeling seasick every inning. You're like, oh, what's going to happen? I don't know. Probably runs. Yep. Run scored. But it was a crazy game. Absolutely phenomenal game to watch. If, especially if you're not a fan of either team, there was no stress involved, just awe. And uh, tonight, it's the fifth inning. Did you think it would get crazier? Well, it hasn't quite yet, but the Yankees are leading 9-7 to seven in the fifth inning. They were up 9-3 to three just two innings ago. So the runs keep happening. The home runs keep happening. And here we are. It has been a series of hits and runs and something resembling baseball, I guess. Well, kind of a uh, sums up this year. The base, uh, the season of home runs, baseball's being juiced. I mean, these are the two teams that everybody thinks the Yankees are the team hitting the most home runs. No, the Twins. They lead the league in home runs as far as I know. That, that's what it was the other day. They were leading the league, and they're still hitting home runs. What? And I, I was trying to spoil it earlier, but, yeah, during the commercial break, after you set up this series and we went to commercial, home run, got hit. Nelson and, Cruz, yeah. yeah. Nelson Cruz hit a home run to make yeah, it Minnesota. Minnesota does lead Major League Baseball with 191 home runs, which is uh, 18 clear of the Dodgers who are in second. Yankees have the fourth most at 170. So the Twins have hit 21 more home runs. I'm not sure if that includes today's game, uh, which will increase both of the team's numbers. But 21 more home runs than the Yankees, but they're both in the top four. I, this is baseball lately. It's a great point. But kind of – Going against my own argument for probably the last two months or so, I've been saying this, and I, I do feel this way up until this series, is I haven't really noticed the impact of all the extra home runs and stuff. Like, it's been fun to watch baseball. It still feels like other events are occurring. You know, singles, doubles, stolen bases, all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's still happening. And, and obviously, home runs have increased, and obviously, they are contributing to way more runs. But it never felt that bad. Watching this series, it feels really bad. And I'm not sure if it's just because of how target field is playing right now, because in today's game, for example, pop-ups that looked like fly ball outs were just soaring into the stands. Three of the home runs in this game today, three of them were pop-ups. It felt like, and they were home runs. Eddie Rosario's on the twins. Glaber Torres is on the Yankees. And I'm going to forget the, no, it was another Yankee home run felt like a pop-up. And it just kept going and going and going and going. And I just, I'm seeing it now in this series for the first time. I don't know if it's because it's hot there or something or the way the air is there or if it's because of the balls and having less drag and the way that stadium is environmentally or something. But I'm actually noticing for the first time just how awful, I don't want to say awful, but just how off it feels. It, 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 it doesn't feel like baseball in this series. And hope, and I, I, I almost quoted Ken Rosenthal on the piece that I ripped him on. It feels like bludgeon ball. But, I mean, it does. In this series, it does, at least. Well, I noted something a couple uh, weeks ago when I came in to work on a Monday. It was after this Sunday where just a bunch of teams put up 10 runs. And I counted it was like eight or nine teams of the 13, 14, whatever that played um, the previous day. And it's continuing, and you saw it, obviously, in this series. Uh, what was the 
Rockies and Padres series, I want to say, a couple yeah, weeks a four, ago. Four games set from like a month ago, yeah. That just, they were putting up runs. I don't, whether it was in, whether that was in Colorado or at Petco Park, Petco is pretty home run friendly as well. But again, that one was record breaking series for both of them. So, I mean, this is just, this, like you said, it, it's almost, it takes your breath away. It takes the words out of your mouth because you're just like, dude, what is going on? This is insane. And, I, and I, I'm not sure if some of this is just bad pitching. And I saw a John Heyman tweet, and you can laugh at John Heyman's tweets because he sometimes tweets the most obvious things. He's, he's like Magic Johnson for baseball. He goes, this has been a lot of runs, but it really highlights the needs for both of these teams in starting pitching. Gee, John, you think? Really? You think? Uh, yeah, both of these teams have needs of starting pitching, and both of these teams have been linked to all the guys who are on the trade market next week at the deadline, on which will be on Wednesday, actually, which will be quite convenient for us. But it is – some of it's just bad pitching, right? Some of these balls are just meatballs right over the middle of the plate. Again, for today's game, for example, just because it's, it's top of mind and just been watching it, Jake Odorizzi has been amazing for the Twins this year. And – Every ball that was hit hard was just left up middle, almost almost to a T. Glaber Torres's was up but inside, but every ball hit hard was a hanging breaking ball up. That's just bad pitching, right? Same goes for Jay Happ, who's been a home run machine this year in terms of giving them up. Every bad pitch he throws is in the middle of the zone, and it gets clobbered. So it's not just the baseball, and it's not just the ballpark or whatever the case is. I mean, the pitching's not very good across baseball right now, which is what we've talked about. But I I don't know. I, I'm struggling to call this series fun. Yesterday's game was fun because it felt like a novelty, right? 14 to 12, extra innings, uh, a six-run comeback, and then two blown leads for both teams and, you know, clutch hits and two-out hits and, and deep home runs and weird doubles off their really strange tall right field wall in, in Minnesota. But watching it again today – you're going, okay, it can't be the same. And yet again, it's it's even worse than it was because we're only in the sixth and it's nine to seven. <laughs> like it's more runs and more hits and more bad pitching. And I that's why it's tough for me to say this, but I I'm not enjoying it very much. Hey, uh, I'll I'll just say we'll know how legit this is come postseason because that's when pitching becomes more locked down. You see less runs. And if we see more of the same come playoff time, that's how we know something's up. Well, in Major League Baseball said as much, Rob Manfred said at the Hall of Fame ceremony that we uh, something's up with the baseballs. We're not sure what happened, but there's less drag, and we don't know why it happened, but here we are. So they're going to look at it. And people, you know, have some conspiracy theories out there. I think it was Justin Verlander who said something like, it's a coincidence that the year after Major League Baseball bought Rawlings or whatever company it was that makes the, makes the balls, that these the, the balls all of a sudden appear juiced. It is, it is an interesting coincidence. I wouldn't, I guess, put it past Major League Baseball to do a change like that because, yeah, they want more offense, but it also seems like something that would be easily caught, right? And then how would you ever trust the MLB again to to not mess with the product? Well, and this could be that moment. This is them finally being like, okay, oh, right, reel it in here. Because if they're saying that there's 33% less drag or whatever that stat was, that, I mean, that's seems like quite a 
quite a lot. It's not just like 0.5 or oh, 1%. I mean, that's a third difference in how the balls are carrying. So this could be that moment where they're getting called out and it turns out, oh, guys, reeled in, reeled in. Oh, no, the balls are fine. And then next year it goes back to normal. And curious what you guys out there think. Better you to the text line at 55305. If you view, I don't want to say just this series, but if you've been watching baseball this year and watching a lot of these offensive outbursts and the Rockies obviously included in this, a lot of their series have been kind of nuts. Do you view this as really, really bad for baseball? Is it an anomaly? Is it just another era in the sport? You know, you, you've had the steroid era and you've had the dead ball era and you've had all these things. Is this just the, I don't know, is this like, I know they've already called something like this, the live ball era, but is this just the the fly ball era? How about that? Or the uh, launch angle era? Maybe this is just that, right? A lot of balls are being hit into the air a lot more than normal or usual or in the past, and that leads to more home runs, especially if the ball has less drag. So maybe it's just that, and we'll get used to it, or it'll change again in a year or two because that's just how sports go. So text your thoughts to the Better You Today text line 55305. Coming up next, there was another very strange, weird oddity about baseball today in the Rays-Red Sox game, and we will try our best to unpack that for you. But first, Joe has SportsCenter. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. One text here on the Better You Today text line at 55305. Baseball totally messed with the balls. No such thing as coincidence when millions are on the line. It's uh, like I said, I'm not saying it's not possible, but is this really helping our ratings up? I don't think so. So millions may be on the line, but I'm not sure that this, this move, if that is true, and they did intentionally alter the baseball, I'm not sure that this move is working in the way they expected and i i think them admitting that there was an issue is them if that's true basically saying well we effed up this is not what we were supposed to do this is not the intended result that we wanted in next year hopefully the ball will be slightly back to normal and uh we'll still have a lot more home runs because well that's where the game is right now and we'll still have more strikeouts and walks but maybe it'll slightly reduce what's happening here Let's move on to the other oddity from baseball, which was today, and that was in the Rays-Red Sox game. And it was in the eighth inning. Rays were up by one run. And Kevin Cash, the Rays manager, took Adam Kalark out of the bullpen to match up with Jackie Bradley Jr., lefty on lefty. Alex Cora saw this, put a different hitter to the plate. Uh, Kalark got him out anyway. And then in the next inning... Instead of taking Kalarik out of the game, Kevin Cash put Kalarik at first, which in Amer- in the American League rules removes the DH from the game. If you put a pitcher on the field, the DH no longer can be active in the American League. So Austin Meadows, who was the DH, was taken out of the game. Kalarik was put at first. G-Man Choi was taken out of the game. He was playing first. And the pitcher, who turned out to be Chaz Rowe, was batting. He became a batter. Chaz Rowe... In the game, pitches to two batters, and then Kevin Cash puts Kalarik, who's at first, back on the pitcher's mound. 
and puts Nate Lau at first base. So the pitcher's still in the game, but now there's a first baseman again, a real first baseman. And there was confusion as to who was going to bat where because Kalarik was replacing the uh, DH spot, which was Austin Meadows, who was batting third. And then Chaz Rowe, who was the pitcher who came in, was was going to be batting ninth, which is where Choi was batting, the first baseman. Now, the home plate umpire in this was Angel Hernandez, because of course it was. And Alex Cora came out and said, that's exactly what I thought when I was reading the article. I was like, of course Angel Hernandez was called in this game. Like, couldn't have been anybody else. Alex Cora came out and said that Hernandez basically loved every second of it. Didn't write down who was batting where when Cash came out to tell us. So either Cash didn't say it or Hernandez forgot to write it down. And there's a rule that says if the manager doesn't say it, the umpire can choose where to put the guys in the lineup. He just has free reign, free choice, which is a real rule. And Andrew Hernandez even said that in his postgame pool reporters thing that he was doing today. Um, this caused a 20-minute delay, by the way, where Cora came out to argue. The umpires conferred with each other. They got on the headsets and talked to the Major League Baseball offices. Cash came out to talk to them and Cora. And in these 20 minutes, Rafael Devers is up to the plate, who's the Red Sox best hitter this year. And on the next pitch after the delay, he grounds out to end the inning, and the Rays wind up winning the game in the next inning. Guess who is uh, putting this game under protest? The Red Sox. Now, I know I didn't explain this super great. It's very, it's very, very confusing. There's a great article from Alex Spire on the Boston Globe, which is what I'm kind of referencing here in this segment. But if you want more details on exactly what happened, read that. And also, uh, this is mostly a Yankees guy, but he's kind of like the Wob. If you know Worldwide Wob, the NBA guy who posts videos and stuff. He's kind of this for baseball. Is his Twitter handle is Jomboy, J-O-M-B-O-Y. Um, he'll occasionally do non-Yankee stuff where he posts videos. And he did something for this game showing the lineup change and what was happening and, and kind of overlaid over stuff. So it's kind of an easy representation of – visual representation of what happened. But I don't want to dive too much into the minutia of this. The Red Sox are not going to win this protest, right? The score never changed. It was always a one-run game from this point, and the, score, the, the Rays won the game by one. They're not going to win this protest. But my question is, is what Kevin Cash did legal to put a pitcher in the game, move him over to the field, and then put him back in the game to pitch? And B, if so, why do more teams not do this? Because think about the lefty-lefty matchup or the righty-righty matchup, if you'd like. Lefty-lefty a little bit more common. If you have a guy who's competent in the infield or whatever position, put him out in the field for two batters until the next two lefties come up and then put him back on the pitcher's mound. Genius. And just, I guess, pray that the ball doesn't get hit to him wherever he is in the field. I mean, I, I, that's the question I want to take from this because I don't want to die. It's very complicated, but I just it's very, very interesting what happened today. When I saw that this happened, I was uh, doing dirt and spraying, and I just said to them, I was like, this is such a raise move. It is. <laughs> After pulling the the opener last year, the the clopener, whatever you want to call it, you know, just twerk like tweaking with pitching and just working with what you have to just try and win ball games. And honestly, at this point and how they've given up the lead now to the Red Sox, basically in the wild card, I think they might have a half game above them now. I don't know how, what it is exactly. Got to give uh, 
their manager uh, cash as much uh, credit as possible for trying to come up with something because, yeah, this is, like I said, just a total Tampa Bay Rays move. But, I mean, the question is, is obviously, I mean, they, they confer with the MLB offices, but is it illegal? I don't think it are is. You allowed, I, know you, I know you're allowed to put a pitcher in the field and it would remove the DH. Right. Or if the DH gets subbed out and someone goes into the field, the DH is removed. I, I've always understood that. The DH is not a position that can permanently move throughout the lineup. If you take the DH, whoever it is, like say it was Austin Meadows today, and you put him in right field, you cannot take someone and put him as a DH. The pitcher has to fill that spot. So the DH came out of the game. Pitcher is in the lineup, but then there's two pitchers in the lineup because there's one in the infield and one pitching. And then they then they had a, a pinch hitter at some point for the one pitcher, but not the other pitcher. And then they moved the other pitcher to the other part of the lineup. My God. It was very confusing. Um, My head hurts. This is such a Rays move. And I, lo- I love that Kevin Cash and the Rays push boundaries like this. I think it's really fascinating for the sport. Um, I honestly think that they did something that was legal because the MLB offices were on the phone. Angel Hernandez is the umpire, which makes you think it's illegal, which makes you think he messed up. And let's be fair, he probably did. Um, because if you want somebody out there for the most confusing move we've seen in baseball in years, it's Angel Hernandez. <laughs> but like I is, said earlier, he was probably loving every second of this. He's like, wait, you need to talk to me. Wait. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. 20 minutes of the camera on me. Cool. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait. I need to call him back. I need more confirmation on yeah. this, but that camera camera pan over to me, please. Alex Cora. Could you come back out, please? <laughs> oh, five minutes. Thank you. Th- Kevin cash. Your turn. Can you come back out? Gosh. Oh, let me, let me. Hey, umps, let's confer one more time, okay, before we make this decision. I, I do wish, though, and this is a, a kind of a side note, I wish that baseball forced the refs or the refs, the umps, to talk to the media publicly. There's, like, a private room where they talk to them and you can you can get quotes. But I'd love if, if they had to go face the music and sit up at the podium and have video of them responding to stuff. I think that would be awesome, too. Uh, just more transparency. Uh, you know, transparency. Oh, my God transparency yeah there's the first uh 12 hour flub for me today uh more transparency for them and more of a reason to not mess up because you're gonna have to face the media and the public when you do that i think that would help too but uh, like i said alex spire on the boston globe wrote a really good article on this to kind of help describe it as best as he could and it was a very interesting bit of information about uh about that game today all right coming up next let's dive into the san francisco giants who have been absolutely on fire in the last month of the season is what they're doing sustainable will they still sell now will they buy at the deadline next week let's start talking about that next here on the fan this is the hot corner with harrison lynch on 1080 the fan Better you today, text lines 55305. This text came in. Red Sox won't win the protest because what Kevin Cash did was legal. Joe Madden, because of course Joe Madden, did this in the playoffs the year the Cubs won. He put a pitcher from the mound into left field and then back to the mound in a playoff game. Angel Hernandez was not on the field. So it has happened before, and that is a good text. Of course it was Joe Madden who did it. There's a couple of managers and teams that you could expect to do this kind of thing. And maybe that's the the Rays influence on Joe Madden, because remember he was there for so many years before he went to the Cubs, but uh, yeah, let's see it more because that is a really 
interesting strategy that I think that could work as long as the ball doesn't get hit, or at least a difficult ball. Look, pitchers go shag fly balls all the time in batting practice. They're not incapable of catching a baseball. Infield's a little bit scarier, I think, if you put a pitcher out there, unless maybe he played there in college or something. But um, <laughs> it is not a position that I would want to put a pitcher in in too much of a situation. But maybe if you get a really, really interesting lineup coming up with a lot of mixed lefties and righties, you can keep bouncing around different players. All right, so the San Francisco Giants all of a sudden are back in the playoff hunt. Today, they lost the Cubs 4-1. But before that, they were 17 and 3 in their last 20, so 17 and 4 in their last 21 games. And they have won so many of those games in walk-off fashion or by one run. First two games against the Cubs, they won 5-4, 5-4. Mets, they won 3-2, one nothing in 3-2. They beat the Rockies 2-1. Uh they beat the Cardinals one zip earlier in the, in this uh, stretch. They beat the Padres 7-5. There's been a lot of close games. And a couple of those wins, I think both wins against the Cubs were extra inning wins. Or walk-off wins, I should say. Two of the last three were extra inning wins. Five of their last six games or wins have been extra innings. And you can keep going back. So Colorado, July 16th, 10 innings, 8-4. to four. July 18th against the Mets, 3-2 and 16. Mets the next night, one nothing in 10. Mets the night after, two nights after that, 3-2 in the 12th, and then 5-4 and 13 against the Cubs a couple of nights ago. So the Giants are all of a sudden back in the playoff picture. They're 52-51. and 51. And I want to I ask the question about the trade deadline coming up in a second, probably in next segment. But I want to start with, are the Giants for real? This is a really hot streak. Judging by the extra inning games, it, it does appear that luck has been on their side. Quite a bit, but a run like this only happens to, you know, one team a year. And usually that team makes the playoffs and makes some noise. And right now the Giants had gone from well below 500 to three games out of the wild card, which was, you know, with so many teams in the wild card. And we'll also get to this in a second, probably next segment or in next hour as well. There's a lot of teams in the wild card in both leagues that are very, very close and in it right now. But the Giants squarely put themselves back in that picture. And I'm going to be honest, it feels fluky to me. It, it does not feel like this team is good enough to sustain this kind of run. But then again, two years ago, I said, I don't know why the Dodgers are good and they made the World Series. So maybe I'm just, I'm not reading it right. But I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a team that is quite interesting and a team that I think is getting hot at a good time, but I'm not so sure it's it's going to be sustainable. Yeah, because I'm looking right now at the the standings and overall run differential. They're still out of the negative 43. So they well, won- a lot of one-run wins won't, won't shave that exactly. run differential off. So, I mean, that's – and that's the thing is one-run games, that's a one thing here, one thing there. They, hey, they're winning, obviously. They're coming away to get the victories, but it's not like they're being dominant. This I tried to equate this to, like, the Oakland A's last year where they just went on their tear, but when they did it, they were mashing, and they were they were beating teams. They were, they, they were a good team that was clearly better than a lot of the teams they faced after, I don't know, the, the one-third mark was when they picked it up of the season yeah. the rest of the way. And they deserve to be in the wild card game. Exactly. They, sh- they did prove it. It was sustainable. So 
I don't know. And the Giants also, which is the, I think is somewhat interesting, is now they want to keep Madison Bumgarner because they think they can make a playoff push. Um, and one, I think like, well, can you really make a playoff push with this team? Like, really, do you guys think you can win a World Series? Do you think you're a trade deadline? Um, like, are you going to be a mover at the trade deadline? Try to acquire talent now? Have things completely changed? And you're like, oh, oh, well, I think we're World Series uh, contenders now, and we can, we're can, we one move away, and we're going to keep Madison Bumgarner, where you have the Diamondbacks who literally said, uh, I want to say their general manager the other day basically said, yeah, I don't see us uh, making a real run at things. And they're a game. The no, same, they're in the same record as the Giants. Same record as the Giants, yeah. And yeah. they have a 100-run differential then. then. Yeah, They've so, actually been somewhat competent scoring runs, and they're essentially thinking about mailing it in, shipping off Robbie Ray to the Yankees. I mean, there's two teams basically in the same exact spot, and the Giants now think that because of this run, which is impressive, but it's only 20 games of 162. That's what, uh, an eighth? An eighth of the season? Maybe, yeah, probably about that. Maybe even a little less than that, too. So, and what have they done with the rest of it? They've been pretty god-awful up until that point, so. The uh, the rub is going to come for them here real quick. Now, this this run has started with some good teams, right? Milwaukee's good. Colorado, eh. The Mets are not good, and the Cubs are good. But they've got a nine-game road trip starting Friday. San Diego, Philly, and Colorado. They then come back home for the Nationals, the Phillies, and the A's. And then they get Arizona, the Cubs, and the A's on the road. And then Arizona and the Padres and St. Louis and the Dodgers in a row. That's literally in a row. There's not one. Who's the worst team in that list that I mentioned? San Diego? San Diego's not even that bad. San Diego's actually way better than than usual this year. And I mean, uh, Colorado's inconsistent as hell, but the series is in Colorado. So. Yeah. Both Colorado and San Diego, I think, are better than the records let on. But you're right. Those two are probably the weakest teams. But, yeah, playing in Coors Field is a madhouse. Like, you don't know what's going to happen in those games. So that is a stretch of a month and a half, basically, of really tough series. And Oakland's really picking it up now. The Nationals are back in the playoff race. The Phillies, although not as good as we thought they would be this year, are still a, a team that is tough to play against. You got the Cubs again, divisional rival in the Diamondbacks, who's in the same record as you. I mean, Dodgers, Cardinals, all teams that are somewhat in a semblance of a playoff race or really good. That's where we're going to find out if the Giants are for real, and that's a lot of games in a row, and I think that's why we're not going to see them really kind of push past this point that they're at. But let's talk about the whole trade question coming up next. Madison Bumgarner has been on the trade block since the beginning of the year, tied to a lot of teams. He has a no-trade clause to some teams, but that can be waived in certain situations. But – should the Giants keep him now that they've gotten this run to the point, ignoring what my and Joe's belief is, is, is that they won't sustain this, they're winning. And in a week, if you trade Madison Bumgarner, that kind of kills some momentum. So will they still trade him? That's next. Plus next hour, we got fair or foul at 830. And uh, we'll talk a little bit wild card in general. This is the Hot Corner on 10 the Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.